The latest generation of Wi-Fi is promising faster bandwidth and more capacity for many businesses. But with even newer technology coming next year, does it make sense to upgrade now or just wait a bit? We're going to talk about the pros and cons of Wi-Fi 6E versus 7 on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome to Today in Tech. Joining me in studio, Brandon Butler, a research manager from IDC. He covers the networking space. Welcome back to the show. You've been on Thanks. the show before. Yeah. Great to be here, Keith. Even in the older days, the olden days, you and I did that uh, pie challenge. We did. I lost. <laughs> I got a pie in the face, but we, we don't hold grudges here on Tech Talk. No. So uh, you cover your, you know, you've, you've graduated beyond sort of the network world and now you're at IDC and yep. you, you get to wear nice clothes and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So you do cover the Wi-Fi space as yep. part of your role at IDC, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so tell me about kind of the current state of Wi-Fi, uh, the market. What is the current de facto standard? Because I know there's a lot of different technologies. Mm -hmm. The Wi-Fi Alliance changed the numbers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so where are most businesses in terms of what version of Wi-Fi that they're using? Sure. Yeah. So when you talk about Wi-Fi, there's like Wi-Fi 4, which is a sort of legacy standard. Wi-Fi 5 came out a couple years ago. Wi-Fi 6 is sort of the de facto standard that we have uh, within the market today, mostly on the business side. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the, the sort of consumer side is a little bit further behind, but Wi-Fi 6 is, is sort of what most organizations are using and buying today. But we have this big, huge uh, generational enhancement to Wi-Fi with what's called Wi-Fi 6E. Mm -hmm. And that really opens up Wi-Fi Wi-Fi into the six gigahertz band. So traditionally, Wi-Fi has been in the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz band. Yeah. So all the previous generations of Wi-Fi were in 2.4 and 5. Wi-Fi 6E opens up Wi-Fi into the six gigahertz band. So this is a really big enhancement for Wi-Fi yeah. and the future of Wi-Fi. Um, and it's going to open up a whole new range of potential use cases for, for Wi-Fi as well. Yeah, the confusing part for me at least initially was Wi-Fi 6 is not in the 6 gigahertz space. Correct. Wi-Fi 6 is still 5 gigahertz yep. frequency. 6E then adds 6 gigahertz. So Correct. 6E now has 6 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz and the traditional 2.4. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's my first issue of, of confusion. <laughs> the next one is so what are the big differences between Wi-Fi 6 which would be 5 gigahertz and mm -hmm. then Wi-Fi 6E uh, what are some of the major differences? Yeah. So you again, can, you, this is your report so yes. you can <laughs> reference that if you need to. Yeah, so again, Wi-Fi 6E opens up this new spectrum that hasn't been available for Wi-Fi in the past. In the past, it was 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. Now we have the 6 gigahertz spectrum. And it's not just that there's new spectrum, there's a lot of new spectrum available. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of new channels. There's like a 3x capacity in terms of the amount of bandwidth that's available yep. for Wi-Fi. And so you have more channels, you have wider channels that can transmit more data, you know, concurrently. So this is, there's just a lot of new potential for this this six gigahertz uh you know in the wi-fi band but of course this is a slow technology outroll yeah and so there are still you know we're just starting to see some of the wi-fi 6e which is the six gigahertz wi-fi we're just starting to see some of the access points and infrastructure available for the six gigahertz wi-fi we're still just starting to see client devices like we haven't seen the iphone come out with support for the six gigahertz yet uh 
a, a bunch of uh, Android devices do support it now. Um, so it's going to be over the next year or so, we're going to start to see a lot more folks standardizing on Wi-Fi 6E, you know, particularly on the business side. Again, consumers are a little bit further behind yeah. in terms of how they adopt Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, this new six gigahertz band opens up a whole range of new use cases. Yeah, for obviously the, it's bandwidth and capacity and those are the big, you know, you just see speeds that are because of the the the, the higher bandwidth uh, and the number of channels, you can start seeing faster response rates between the device and the client. Yep, yep. And and so what types of applications will this enable for a lot of the companies out there? Because there's you hear, well, more speed just means I'm just going to be more awesome at everything. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about it from a business perspective, what sort of applications are you saying? Because there is sure. a trade off. Yep. As well, as you go up into that six gigahertz space, the range of of that becomes a little bit more limited, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of use cases for the six gigahertz band, there's, I mean, it can be used for any sort of Wi-Fi connectivity that's that's available now. Again, the client devices aren't quite supporting all of the, uh, not all client devices are supporting six gigahertz at this point. But for really high bandwidth applications that are really sort of data hungry and need a lot of bandwidth, think about things like AR and VR. Um, think about real time, you know, streaming uh, analytics of, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. devices that are connected to the Wi-Fi. Um, those are some of the use cases that we hear about for six gigahertz. Also, um, uh, very crowded Wi-Fi spaces. Uh, six gigahertz could be an opportunity there because again, you have more channels and wider channels. So if you think about like a channel being like a roadway, you're going from like a two lane highway to a six lane highway. Yeah, yeah. And so you can you can just tr- have more bandwidth and data on that six gigahertz band. Um, initially, some of the use cases are also going to be ideal for um, Wi-Fi that that doesn't. It's not going to interfere with other bands, right? So if you have devices that can support the six gigahertz band, they're not going to be interfering with the devices that are on the 2.4 mm-hmm. or the five gigahertz. So we're thinking about some IOT use cases or um, uh, devices that would benefit from having this sort of clean spectrum, yeah. at least as some of the initial use cases. And then, you know, a couple of years from now, when we do have client devices that are supporting six gigahertz, then this is just going to be extra bandwidth and, and space for Wi-Fi. Is there still interference that happens at the five gig space? I, yeah, definitely. I, I always knew that there was in the 2.4 because everything from your like refrigerator to Bluetooth to microwave ovens sure. I think was a big deal in the 2.4 <laughs> space. I, I didn't realize that there was interference that could happen in the 5G yeah, space. But each advancement of Wi-Fi yeah. is making that interference you know less of an issue yeah. and so there's better capabilities for Wi-Fi now to be able to you know communicate with multiple devices at a single time or have more bandwidth across those uh, those channels that the Wi-Fi is using. And, um, and again the, and I think that the high density capacity like the high density spaces you're talking about stadiums yep. um yeah like airports, airports. Yep. Okay. yeah like public venues even smart cities uh, yeah. things like that where you have a lot of people connecting to the wi-fi at the same time uh the wider channels and the more bandwidth is going to allow you know wi-fi to be able to support some of those use cases yeah anecdotally do you st- do you experience that too when you go out and about and you're like wow the wi-fi really stinks here and well, is it because it's usually it's not because of the technology it's because of I mean, usually how have, many people are trying to right. access at the, at the same right. time and, and you know within stadiums and public venues you're 
you're going to have a mix of cellular and Wi-Fi together. So, you know, there are DAS systems and there are cellular networks that provide connectivity into those spaces as well. But, you know, not one of these technologies is, you know, the the ubiquitous answer, right? We we need to be able to support both. And, and Wi-Fi 6E is a big enhancement to be able to enable Wi-Fi to do some of these yeah, and use cases. It, and another use case would be in sort of high density residential areas, apartment yep. buildings, things like that. Yep. So that could you could take advantage of that if you were a property owner, for example, and yep. needed to provide better Wi-Fi for your tenants, right? Yep. Yeah, um, and part of this is just sort of the the next and latest generation and standard increase for Wi-Fi. So, yeah. you know, every every two or three years, we see a new Wi-Fi standard come up. And so 6E is part of that sort of regular cadence of new Wi-Fi standards that comes up. But again, it's opening up this really, you know, expansive new capacity for Wi-Fi within the six gigahertz band. So it's more than just a regular sort of upgrade. It's, it's really a generational, you know, enhancement for Wi-Fi. Okay, now, so the big question is that Wi-Fi 7 is also set to come out. Yep. Next year, yeah, uh, pretty 20, fast 2024, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. So as a company, do you look at it and go, well, only next year, early, early uh, equipment will come out yep. next year. So maybe I don't want to invest in an upgrade now. If I'm currently on Wi-Fi 6 or even an earlier version, yep. uh, You, it, it, the point of this report was, hey, don't wait. So yep. Sort of give us the argument for why 6E might make sense for some companies right now yeah. rather than waiting. Well, and if you have a need for a Wi-Fi upgrade, you know, if you're on Wi-Fi 5, you know, Wi-Fi 5 had had two AC Wave 1 and Wave 2. If you're on AC Wave 1, uh, you know, that's a fairly legacy Wi-Fi technology mm -hmm. now. And so there's, there's an upgrade cycle that's sort of due for your company. And so if you're looking to upgrade your Wi-Fi now, you know, 6 gigahertz and the, the 6E spectrum that we've been talking about is available in 6e now so there's there's no reason to necessarily wait for you know a future standard yeah um so if you have a use case for needing new wi-fi within your organization today i, I don't see any reason not to deploy wi-fi 6e uh but you're right we're already starting to see some wi-fi 7 uh access points and infrastructure available on the market uh but this is fairly early days in yeah. terms of the Wi-Fi 7, like the standard isn't quite finalized. So we expect by next year, the standard will be finalized. And then, you know, we'll go through this whole other, you know, it's like a stream of, cycle. Yeah. Of, you yeah. know, Wi-Fi 7 will start to come to market. Does 7 stay in that 6 gigahertz space it does, or does yep. it, it doesn't add another no, frequency? It doesn't. Okay. No, yep. Yeah, because that would be a problem then too, or just well, tracking all the That's the one of the benefits of Wi-Fi is it's backwards compatible, right? Yeah. So 6E is going to, you know, support the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz and seven is going to support 2.45 and six going forward. So, uh, you know, if you, if you, when you do get to Wi-Fi seven, it's still going to support the, the six gigahertz as well. So, yeah. I, um, I got a little story for you. This is a, I go off on tangents every now and then. Okay. So I do have a, a router that supports 2.4 and five. Yeah. And the most annoying thing that happens is I've got my PlayStation 5 set up in one room and my router's in another room. Yeah. And I try to get it to go on the 5 gigahertz network. And I think it's just that that it's far enough away from it mm. where the system goes every now and then they're like, I'm going to switch from the 5 back to the 2.4. Mm. And I have to tell it, no, no, yeah. bad PS5. Right. No, go back to my <laughs> other network. Because um, the question I had in my head was, I wonder if there's still a lot of legacy devices that are still using that 2.4. And I don't want to go back to the, the naming days, but 802.11b, that was right. your initial 2.4. Yep. 2. yep. And G. Is and that Wi-Fi 1 now or Wi-Fi 2, whatever they, when they renamed the... Yeah. 
yeah, the numbers? I mean, on and on the client side, there's a lot of legacy Wi-Fi out there. And so there are going to be a lot of devices that are, you know, still running some of these, you know, supporting legacy Wi-Fi standards. But again, Wi-Fi is backwards compatible. So if you're deploying 6E or even 7 in the future, it's going to still support yeah. you know, Wi-Fi connectivity for this range in, of in devices. In a business setting, what would what would some of that legacy equipment still be? Yeah, so would it be I, more IoT-related things or, or just... Yeah, I mean, you can think of devices, printers, and just yeah. a range of business um, uh, devices that would, that would, uh, that would be in a, a business environment. Um, but you also think about not just in business environments, but think about retail, think about you know, hospitality, uh, health Healthcare. These are some of the major industries where we see Wi-Fi oh, being deployed. Yeah. So there's a whole range of devices that um, you know would would support legacy standards. Um, but again, Wi-Fi 6E is this, this sort of clean spectrum within 6 gigahertz. So if you have newer devices that you don't want to have interfere with some of these legacy devices on the network, then 6 gigahertz is an opportunity for clean spectrum. Yeah. Yep. You know, within the. And, and, and we were talking about Wi-Fi 7. So are there additional features that that comes, you know, that that brings to the table that yeah, could so, get people excited? Yeah. I mean, one of the ways I think about Wi-Fi 7 is, uh, you know, 6E introduces the 6 gigahertz spectrum yeah. and Wi-Fi 7 is going to make that 6 gigahertz spectrum even more efficient. And so Wi-Fi 7 brings a number of enhancements around optimizing that connectivity, you know, for devices, being able to talk to multiple devices at a time as a, as a uh, Wi-Fi access point, uh, communicating with devices. So it, it's sort of going to make the six gigahertz Wi-Fi better, um, which is going to enable, you know, even faster throughput and speeds as well. So, you know, every new generation of Wi-Fi is a little bit faster, better throughput, um, you know, being able to con communicate with multiple devices at a time. And, and Wi-Fi 7 is going to continue that trend. Yeah. I, one of the things, so, so I used to write for Network World as well and yeah. would cover it from the consumer space and there would be all these new features for whatever new generation was coming up. And the, the big one was either MIMO, yep. is it MIMO? or MIMO. Yeah, MIMO. One of those, yeah. multiple in, multiple out. Yeah. And then beamforming. Yep. And that was uh, the coolest thing. And so I have a router and it supports beamforming, but that's about as far as I get. Like, yeah. I'm like, do I really want to try beamforming? And I'm setting up my antennas and I'm trying to point it in the direction where I think you know, my kids and my wife and me might be. And right. I'm like, no, I'm just right. going to point them out and, and hope, hope for the best. Right. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not deploying beamforming correctly. Right. Do, do a lot of people in, in companies, do they understand those technologies and take advantage of it? Or is it just like, oh, it's nice to have. Or if there's a specific situation where I need it, then it's great that, it, that it's there. Well, on the business side, I would say the more innovation that we see is on the software management platforms for managing Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So there's pretty advanced management platforms for being able to control what your Wi-Fi environment looks like, you know, what bands clients are actually connecting to, you know, who are the users and devices that are on your Wi-Fi network, even using Wi-Fi for things like location services. So being able to do indoor, you know, mapping or wayfinding or asset tracking, things like that. There are a whole range of use cases of sort of adjacent technologies that yeah. Wi-Fi can enable. And we've also seen a lot of enhancements for Wi-Fi management systems around some of the ML and AI capabilities. So as ML and AI get integrated into these Wi-Fi management platforms, well, you're laughing, but well, it's true. No, I'm laughing because I was hoping to get it through an episode without talking about I'm AI an analyst. machine learning. So. I'm an analyst. I got to talk about ML and AI. <laughs> All right. But these Wi-Fi management platforms can understand, you know, what devices are on your Wi-Fi network. They can tell you, oh, this device is having a problem before that device is actually realizing it's having a problem. And then it can, you know, actually fix some of those problems. So I, I think ML and AI, you know, actually has a real opportunity to be able to help, you know, organizations manage right, their Wi-Fi better. That's all we're going to talk about okay, right now. Sorry. You can bring it up later, but <laughs> okay. I, all right. Uh, 
I'm going to have you put your analyst hat on a little bit. Okay. I noticed on in your report, uh, you track sales of equipment yep. and all sorts of you make these predictions about, and they're usually going up to the to the right. Uh, but I noticed that I, I noticed that there was not any sort of COVID related dip in the number of sales and equipment. Yeah, in because, fact, the opposite. Yeah, why why did that happen? Why did we not see a dip? And, and why is it, is it now going up into the right? Yeah, so the short answer is supply chain okay. constraints. And so uh, when COVID started, there was this huge supply chain uh, constraints for component shortages. And we saw this not just in the Wi-Fi industry, but across the consumer industry as well. You know, chips were tough to get and um, the pandemic just interrupted supply chains across the world. And so a lot of organizations were looking to upgrade their Wi-Fi equipment um, as part of a sort of regular refresh process. And they weren't able to do that because the the, the inventory wasn't there to be able to deploy it. But then wouldn't you've so, seen a dip at that point? No? So it's, there, okay. were, there were still okay. steady sort of uh, investments yeah. and legacy Wi-Fi that was available. So we saw a lot of Wi-Fi 5, for example, being shipped out. Um, and so these huge product orders got built up for a lot of the Wi-Fi vendors. Um, and now as the supply chain is eased and the, there are actually components available and, and the, the inventory is ready to ship out, we've seen these Wi-Fi vendors basically draw down their backlog of, you know, Wi-Fi that was ordered, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah. They're finally able to ship it out. So we've seen really strong growth rates in the Wi-Fi industry. I think last year was like 30%, the year before that 20%. You know, normally Wi-Fi is like a 5-6% annual growth year over year. So we expect that to settle down a little bit over yeah. the coming yeah. years, you know, get back to the sort of mid-single digit growth rates for, for you know, business Wi-Fi moving forward. But then you have things like, you know, 6E that sort of inject new sort of life into Wi-Fi and, mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of new use cases. Then Wi-Fi 7 will come next year. So, you know, it's, it's sort of a cyclical market where every couple of years you have a new standard that that sort of helps to, to drive new investments. Um, do, you, do you also have to track the trends of the return to work and hybrid work environment? Because you, you mentioned a lot of companies, they were due for an upgrade yep. and then COVID hits. Everyone goes to their remote offices as a company. Do they say? Oh, I don't know if I want to invest in this. If if we're going to invest and upgrade our Wi-Fi, but there's no one here to use sure. it, no, it's absolutely. almost like that old if 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 uh, a tree falls in the middle of the woods. <laughs> If we upgrade our Wi-Fi and no one's there to see it or use it, right. have we made a great investment? Right. Well, I mean, one of the ways do you, do I you think track about that, that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we've heard is that there may be fewer people coming into offices, but when people are in offices, they're going to, you know, every meeting is going to be an online meeting now. Yeah, great and, example. And yeah. so you're going to you're you're going to have Zoom and Teams meetings. These are bandwidth heavy and intensive applications. So you may have a lower density of users connecting to the Wi-Fi, but there may be higher bandwidth applications applications that that Wi-Fi has to support. And I would also note that sort of carpeted office is one important segment of the Wi-Fi market, but what there's is, a whole bunch of... What does that mean? Car oh, carpeted just office, office. office spaces in general, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a whole number of other industries from, you know, we talked about retail and hospitality and healthcare, yeah. uh, even uh, public venues and uh, government, uh, smart cities, things like that. These are also very important, you know, industries for the Wi-Fi market that are, you you know, continually to upgrade yeah. their, their Wi-Fi as well. And even in those spaces, then you run into that whole Wi-Fi versus 5G Absolutely. kind of argument. We might have you back to talk about sure. that. I don't want to get too much into 5G at this point. Um, but yeah, so the quick answer is both importance both, are both technologies are important, but they don't necessarily compete with each other or do they or do companies have to make a choice? 
No, it's not. Yeah. A, it's not a choice, but there are sort of pros and cons for each. You know, Wi-Fi is really good for indoor communication. Cellular really good for outdoor. Cellular is good for sort of long range mobility. Wi-Fi is good for sort of shorter range mobility. If you have sort of devices that need to move around quickly, maybe Wi-Fi is not a great solution for that. But yeah, we're seeing a number of advancements in cellular as well for private cellular networks that, mm -hmm. you know, don't use the public cellular yep. network, but actually a private cellular network that's built for a specific organization. All right. Save that for the next episode. Oh, we'll talk or, about that next time. I don't want you to use <laughs> all of your bullets. Um, so getting back to the COVID and the remote work, yep. did you see either with uh, hard data or maybe it's just anecdotally companies that wanted to invest in Wi-Fi to support remote workers? Because it initially probably when everybody was going and working at home, they're just using their personal network, correct? Yep. Did you see any sort of movement from companies that said, oh, we want to we want to improve your Wi-Fi? Or was that only maybe at the executive level and you didn't see it at the rank and file? No, absolutely. We did see that in the early days of the pandemic. It was what we called the branch of one, right? It's because uh, businesses have these branch offices they support. And yeah. now those branch offices are single employees that they have to yeah. support. And so Wi-Fi is is part of that, but it's it's just sort of one part of it. So, you know, some or, some employees are leveraging their sort of broadband, you know, ISP that they get from, you know, whoever they get their internet from. But from a IT perspective, there are other things to take into account as well. Not just you have Wi-Fi, but sort of what is your security posture, yeah. you know, as a remote oh, yeah. worker as well. You know, if you used to come into an office every day and you have a firewall, you know, between where you are sitting in an office and your cloud-based applications, well, that firewall isn't going to work very well if you have, you know, working remotely. So we've seen this huge rise in cloud-based security tools that sort of act as a broker between, uh, you know, remote workers connecting to cloud-based applications and you have a cloud-based security system that can uh, sort of regulate that traffic. And so users don't have to, you know, route their traffic back to the office before it's going to a cloud-based application. So, yeah, we've seen a number of advancements in how organizations yeah. are thinking about supporting remote workers. And, you know, that continues today because it's it's not going away, right? Well, would the enterprise vendors be involved in, in deploying equipment to... Yeah, absolutely. A remote office or would yep. they just sort of farm it out and saying, oh, just use this off the shelf system, but it's, it's still a good system and then we'll just set it up remotely or we'll... Have, yeah, have you, you, set it you up? know, in the early days of the pandemic, we saw different use cases for businesses sending actual equipment out to some employees, like you had mentioned executives. Yeah. Um, also, or the people with secure data. Again, right. a guy like me, I, I don't have any secrets on <laughs> my laptop. Yeah, but, if, if you're just using, but a, if you're if you're the sales, you know, lead, or if you're the CEO right. that has all that, or secrets, think of like or con HR. contact center workers. Yeah. You know, who need to have you know high quality connectivity. You know, we've even seen things where there are the, these devices that support SD WAN as it's called, which yeah. allow you to be able to uh, bridge multiple connections. So it's not just your internet broadband, that's, but you can also leverage cellular connectivity. So if you have some hiccups in the broadband connection, you can sort of back all to the cellular right. connection to sort of enable that uptime. So yeah, we've seen certainly executives, um, you, you've seen some sort of telehealth, you know, doctors who are doing remote patient visits, you don't want those to go down, financial traders, you know, there are some sort of... Um, knowledge workers, as we call them, you know, yeah. need some sort of in-between in capabilities, you know, maybe some Wi-Fi is good enough. But I think really at the end of the day here, security is the bigger thing than, yeah. than maybe connectivity. It reminds me of a story when, and I don't want to, I don't want to name drop who it was, but there was an editor <laughs> at Network World. Okay. And they, one of his kids used 
his computer and went to Minecraft or some other gaming site and then got a virus. And, oh, geez. Uh, so I, I kept thinking about that during the pandemic because then when he came back in the office, that virus then went all over the place. Not good. And I was thinking that there was going to be so much of that if my kids, for example, are using my network. Yep. I would rather have a separate Wi-Fi network almost to sort of eliminate that yep. that uh, that possibility. Yeah, and one of the things we hear about a lot today is sort of zero trust yep. network access. So yeah. this idea of, you know, you're not just allowing any device to connect onto your network. Uh, you know, we have sort of whitelist policies in terms of these are the devices that I know that are okay to, to use, you know, these corporate applications. Um, and that can be applied even for remote workers as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Um, We've been talking pr this about about this in the context of the U.S. Yep. Is the rest of the for world year cards, yep. yeah? Is the rest of the world on the same pace for adopting SC? Yeah, Are they so, ahead of us? Yeah, so we're there's definitely differences across the globe in terms of the availability of six gigahertz for Wi-Fi. So the U.S. is more advanced than most parts of the world. Uh -huh. uh, there's in South America, there's good support for Wi-Fi for six gigahertz Wi-Fi as well. Um, in the European Union, we've seen sort of a, a, a smaller amount of spectrum within the six gigahertz band be available for Wi-Fi. Uh, organizations like the Wi-Fi Alliance and others are certainly advocating for more spectrum to be opened up yeah. for Wi-Fi. But then you get into regulations and rules and governments well, and things like that. There are some incumbent users yeah. of Wi-Fi, specifically for outdoor use cases, yeah. uh, some military and government uh, use cases for Wi-Fi, for the six gigahertz band. Uh, it's not used for sort of everyday communication, but it's it's sort of, um, uh, it's available for them to use it and they're an incumbent user. And so uh, some other um, uh, regions of the world particularly in Asia, haven't opened up that 6 gigahertz band yet. Uh, but the expectation is that 6 gigahertz will be open across the globe in, in the years to come. Okay. But in the 5 gigahertz space, it's, it's pretty much... Yeah, this is a standard. Yeah, not so as, if I, not if as I much go over to London, I'll be able to use a 5 gigahertz yep. Wi-Fi and not Absolutely. have to worry about not connecting yep. or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a long-standing yeah. um, unlicensed spectrum that's available yeah. for Wi-Fi. And so. so why wasn't 6E allowed? Again, outdoor use is expected this year yep. of 6E. Yeah, so again, and there are why these... why wasn't it? It was just because... There are some users, users, some incumbent users, as they're called. So it's particularly in government and some military operations that uh, sort of have a right to use the 6 gigahertz. They've been using it for a long time. So there are actually these things called um, uh, AFCs, uh, Automatic Frequency Coordination, that are basically these software management systems that allow the Wi-Fi to check to make sure that there's no other use of that six gigahertz band before the Wi-Fi actually, you know, sends its beam out. Mm -hmm. And so these AFC systems can actually work very quickly. And so we're seeing a number of AFC systems come out to be able to support six gigahertz Wi-Fi for outdoor use cases. And we expect by the end of this year into next year, we're going to see a lot more support for outdoor Wi-Fi uh, six gigahertz use cases. Um, and yeah, I expect this is just something that's going to need a little bit more mature maturity for the yeah. Wi-Fi market to okay. become and widely that, and available. Is that more for campus environments where you're connecting wirelessly yeah, between I, buildings? Yeah, I mean, or? that's that's one smart cities and, and outdoors, again, public venues that yeah. want to be able to extend Wi-Fi capabilities outside, some residential um, use cases as well. Um, again, Wi-Fi is sort of okay for outdoor use cases in, in sort of defined areas. As you get into wider uh, connectivity, that's where something like cellular would, would make more sense for folks. Do you track a lot of the movement that goes on in the, the IEEE space where they're developing the future standards? Oh, sure. Yep. Um, are we going to 
keep getting more and more frequencies, different frequencies, higher frequencies? Or, or is that going to slow down at some point? And now you're just talking about individual little features that are, are being well, developed? Well, you know, six gigahertz has been the big new uh, uh, sort of bandwidth yeah. that's been enabled for Wi-Fi. Because would also imagine that if you go higher in bandwidth, you're, you, you know, you're going to have like almost micro cell uh, adoption. And you're right. not going to have a lot of range for the, the speeds that you need or want. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, this this new generation of six gigahertz Wi-Fi is, is a big deal for the Wi-Fi entry because they've been talking about it for a really long time. Okay. And so it, it took a long time to get to the six gigahertz. So I, I don't expect a significant new sort of amount of spectrum to be enabled for Wi-Fi. But again, six gigahertz opens up a lot of new spectrum for Wi-Fi. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think this will really sort of set Wi-Fi up for a next generation of use cases. Do you, do you get more excited about the technical details of, of, of the technology or, or the applications. That I like the business. You sort of the, what, what businesses are doing with it. That's because that's the, yeah, at the end of the day, I, that's, that's what, uh, we sort of have to understand. Yeah, we sort of have to understand the, the technical parts of Absolutely. it, but it's more about, what can you do with this yep. and, and what problems can you solve? Yep. And maybe this will finally enable flying cars. Right. I don't think <laughs> I don't want any flying cars on Wi-Fi, but right. you, know, you get the idea of right. like, wow, I can really, really do a lot more than what I've been doing before. Absolutely. So that's what excites you about, yep. about Wi-Fi. Absolutely. All right, Brandon, thank you very much. I didn't yeah. bring a pie. Otherwise oh, I was going to next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back. We're going to talk about 5G at some point. So, Sounds good. so thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks. That's all the time we have for today's show. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments you have below, and join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.